entering the DGTC. Are you ready for a deep dive? And one get most of the crap. Can't believe I said that. I've been doing this since 2008. What the fuck do I know? Drunk cans is like kryptonite. Loading up elbow logos. Yeah, welcome to the show. Welcome to the DGDC, a united team of design professionals creatively bound to bring unique inspiration and uncommon perspectives. You can email us listener questions or topic ideas to hello at dgdcpod.com or check out our website, dgdcpod.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram or Twitter at dgdcpod. Plus now you can join in on the conversation. We have a Facebook group. Just pop onto our website and hit the community tab at the top. Now, on with the show. All right, so we are super thankful to have Skillshare as a sponsor of this episode. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for us as curious, creative individuals. This is a chance for us to discover new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in the world of inspiration. Skillshare offers creative classes designed for real life and so many applications that come with it. These programs can help you stay inspired, express yourself, and introduce you to a community of literally millions of people out there. Yeah, so we picked a really great one and kind of in line with one of our guests for Adobe Max, there's a fantastic new one by Aaron Draplin called 21 Tips for Speeding Up Your Design <laughs> so Workflow. Good. So great. God, it, so I, great. I watched, the, I watched the, the, the beginning of it and it's so cool. It's yeah. all about designing smarter not harder, right? Like he yeah, finds these fantastic ways to transform your work and he broke it into three segments and there's seven each that make up the 21 and it's tips to do before, tips to do during and tips mm. to do after a project. And what he really does is he deep dives into this idea of practical, actionable advice that helps you set up your Adobe Illustrator shortcuts, handy tricks, you name it. He's included a downloadable uh, 21 tip thing so you can have it at the ready, print it out, use it. Um, I think it's one of those must watches because even when we talked to him, he talked about his level of productivity and his level mm. of organization. And it was such a great one. His files are so tight. His folders are all arranged beautifully. And he keeps in mind the person that's getting the files in the, like, is it the printer? Is it the client? Whoever it is. And all in all, you're just going to feel 100% more confident about handing over some of your work. So um, probably more than ever, why Skillshare is such an important thing to kind of look at during these times. If you have the extra time, uh, he even mentioned it when we talked to Aaron about taking yeah. advantage of this time to be more organized. So definitely check out that episode. It's a fantastic, fantastic one. Yeah, members get unlimited access to thousands of classes, just like Draplin's. Uh, and you get hands-on projects, feedbacks, teachers. Draplin even chimes in, lets everyone know how they're doing. Uh, and it's a huge community of millions of people and other creatives. Uh, most classes are also pretty streamlined. Like, they're about an hour. Some are more, some are less. But they fit any schedule. And you can kind of break it up into chapters and sections, which is I actually find really helpful because I'll go from my phone to my laptop or, you know, take a class over a weekend. Uh, and it's also look there's a lot of options out there but Skillshare is really affordable especially when it comes you know to the pricey in-person classes or workshops that we can kind of do uh, your annual subscription is less than 10 bucks a month which I think fits in a lot of budgets because it's crazy I mean I use it you know every every couple of weeks I'm taking a new class that's awesome and you can explore all your creativity everything at skillshare.com slash deepend two 
The first 1,000 people to use that link will get a free trial to Skillshare Premium Membership. So we're limiting it to just the first 1,000 receive a free access to all of these thousands of classes for just a limited time and be one of the first 1,000 to sign up. Again, it's Skillshare.com slash DeepEnd2. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are here at the DGDC podcast, and today we're having a great topic following up on kind of a little bit more process stuff about uh, revisions, changes, you name it. We're going to be talking a lot about that with client um, relations and stuff. I I I'm excited about this one because I think we've talked about it in the past before, mm. but again, we want to like bring up these topics, yeah. right? Because uh, they're always happening, and new listeners maybe uh, haven't got a chance to listen to some previous ones, but we got some new tips and tricks to talk about that, uh, how not to even get there in the first place. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to talk a little bit of industry news. We do have a public service announcement uh, <laughs> from Mikkel, because I think this is something both you and I have received, and we thought it would be <laughs> worth talking about with all these other designers Tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on. Yeah, I'm actually um, thankful and that I even brought it up with you, Nick, just before we started recording here, because it helps a little bit that there was a chance to relate and that you've undergone something similar. So um, LinkedIn, MKM Design, somebody's found MKM Design. This is fraudulent activity, people. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Breaking news. And um, they request a large project up front. It's, it's a project that needs to be done ASAP. Communication is a little bit not quite American English. They approve almost too quickly. Without any other like proposal or anything, right? Yep. Well, they also have a little bit of um, lingo, by the way. They're talking A4. They're talking type of binding. They're talking oh some my specs. God, exactly. And I'm thinking, oh, yes. this might be a little bit legit here. A little bit of excitement, right? I stay up late putting the estimate together. Yeah. They see the full amount are willing. However, in the communication... A couple of times now, there has been, can you do me this favor, please? Which, hmm, I'm thinking, all right, maybe they don't know the proper terminology to use here for the request. Yeah. Um, and so I'm not going to go there and be all, um, listen, here, I have a business, and it's not based on favors. Yeah. So I'm not going there yet. I'm not going there yet. Um, phone call can barely make out the really thick accent, followed up by text messaging. All forms of communication are coming through way too quickly. I've blocked the contact number, and still my phone is ringing with the same Wyoming-based number. Wow, I got that one too. Oh no! Yeah. This is this is all too familiar. And Isn't very, that crazy? Very sick. And you said that, that it's basically a scam to get money in and out of some payment accounts and stuff like that. So they they mentioned that they right. only want to be able to pay via credit card, um, mm -hmm. which isn't always a red flag. So this is this that's why this is worth mentioning. So they are, they're willing to make the large purchase designed to entice business, so that you do in fact overlook any potential red flags, so that they can pay using a stolen credit card, and then after the transaction. They will follow up claiming that the project's been canceled and ask for a full or partial refund. The catch right then and there is that they have the refund sent to a different card or they request it to be issued to a check. So, mm. of course, it didn't get this far. Sure. And Jason went Google crazy yesterday looking this up for us to see wow. that this is, in mm. fact, how overpayment scams 
works. That's so incredible. don't take the bait. They mm-hmm. have Gmail accounts that are comprised of an American name. So in my case, yesterday and the day before, and the day prior to that, it was it's Mark Edward. Yeah. Um, and I think for you, I Nick, got like was- John Edward. You know, it was just oh, really. Uh, uh, and I've, I've, I still get them every once in a while. And I did bring this up with other designers. It's basically want design services for a furniture company doing a catalog and branding. And you're right; they mention they mention <laughs> yeah, a they mention a four letter signs. They're very yeah for this brochure. Mm-hmm. But the minute I asked, I gave them my link to how you initiate a project with me. Uh, they were like, no, we just rather give you the brief. Uh, via email. I was like, no, 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 you have to qualify here. And I was really putting them to the test because I was like, okay, this is fishy now. That was the first one. Then I got, I am not kidding, I've probably got about 15 more requests just like that. And they find you through, they go uh, text message from, you know when a text comes to your iMessage or whatever, but it's from an email address. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, so it was like that. It comes through on email. Um, Now I'm literally just I see that same thing, furniture company, brochure, branding, and I'm uh, so someone has a lot of time on their hands. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, well, stay clear. We've given you a a warning. <laughs> yeah, an entire scam targeting designers, man. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Just be, you know, sometimes too good to be true. But I get it. We were saying earlier, you know, that's the business side of us. When we see an opportunity, we're gonna get excited. It, yeah. like you said, hey, this is a few grand in my pocket, maybe. Like, what? A, what yeah. a great opportunity. So, so, but be, this is just really great. This is really great little quick little catches that I just want to quickly run through to yeah. avoid being deceived. Go for it. Um, be wary of anyone that offers to pay more than mm-hmm. what you're asking. That's what happened to us. What a Don't shame. forward <laughs> any money to a third party. Refuse overpayments mm-hmm. through and through. Only refund purchases onto the original card. That was used. Or a way of payment, right? Or way of payment mm-hmm. altogether, yep. Um, confirm the potential customer's information. Avoid the temptation to rush through the large and get overexcited. Um, yeah, in my mind, I was thinking, oh my God, maybe we can go That's to Hawaii. That's a tough one. This, it's yeah. so sick. Um, <laughs> don't switch um, payment processors or sign up for a new service to make the sale work. And um, just be careful and caution those offering to pay for your transaction fees. So don't... Don't even don't even yeah. blink. Hopefully, hey, I, I'm so glad you brought this up right before because we were like, why not tell everybody in case someone else is getting this or you get one in the future? Someone's taking the time to find folks like us and 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 take advantage. Yes. So hopefully yeah. that could uh, don't take the bait. help everybody out. That's great. Let's let's turn it to a positive. We've got so much good stuff coming out in the next few weeks, guys. Oh my uh, particularly God. when you this episode drops. We're going to be right before uh, Adobe Max, and Adobe Max is jam-packed with some stuff. If you haven't already, please register at it. It's adobemax.com. Basically, so much to do, 100% free. And we had to, you know, uh, most of our listeners know we've been a part of it now for three or four years as a sponsor. But what's interesting was here it's going virtual, and... They turned it around and actually made it even better for folks like us and sponsors of it. We have so much great content coming out. Um, We have interviewed uh, five unique, great artists and designers that are going to be a part of that as keynote speakers. Um, We could preview a little bit. We've got Bert Monroy, who is the godfather of Photoshop. That was a fun episode, right? We're going to bring him back because it was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. So So, so great. He'll be on our – we have a page basically within the Adobe – uh, Max uh, kind of 
like uh, website and on there will be all these interviews that we've already recorded and done with them there ho hopefully we will put them on as episodes for us right now but you can catch them first at adobe max then we spoke with annie adkins that was one of the coolest ones you might not have heard of her name but you will know her work because she does graphic design and prop design for incredible movies that you've probably all seen that was that was like one of those ones where i was like she has the best job in our industry yeah right? i mean she works with like wes anderson her stuff yeah. for that was unreal that was so that was fun. great. So great. Yeah, yeah, and she was. We love people with accents. They always do better on our show. <laughs> <laughs> she was fantastic. We spoke with Dan Styles, and Dan kind of has a great conversation all about kind of propaganda and art and memes and things that are happening now in our time. And it was a great uh, eye-opening, I think, conversation for all of us to talk about and see, you know, are we designing for good? Are we designing, you know, um, using our powers the the way we should be as designers? That was that was really an eye opening one for me. For Absolutely, sure. yeah, right? yeah. The topic uh, was so different, which was really fun. Yeah, so yeah, good. that was a different twist. I really appreciated that too. Exactly. And then we have a, a interview from last year with Lauren Hom, and we talk a lot about putting yourself on social media, taking advantage of all these tools. You'll hear that in um, one as well, and Wes will be is a part of that one, so you'll hear him uh, as nice. well. And then, last but not least, we have Aaron Draplin. You know, we've tried sorry, who? Yeah, uh, a guy named Aaron Draplin. <laughs> he he's uh, he's been someone we've had obviously been trying to get wanting to have on the show for so long and wanted the right conversation. Right. We 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 love to have guests on. But, you know, I, one thing I always loved that West uh, wanted to do was if we had a guest on, there still had to be a topic that was the central nucleus of the conversation. And with Aaron, man, I, I don't even want to, like, spoil it. Just wait until you hear what we got to talk to him about. It was eye-opening, inspiring, uh, n encouraging. I, it was just everything. It was a great one. What'd you guys think? Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, I think the legacy of Draffin, like he, you know, he he delivers that that story, that background, that amazing touch points he hits often. But this was fun getting to like catch him. He was just like at his mom's house on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And we just talked about things that like weren't the normal. It was yeah. I really enjoyed that conversation, even beyond like the spectacle of Drappen. It was yeah. cool to catch him in that place. And to be honest, there was no use, right? We all shared having an outline. He'll just take it away. He's oh, just gotcha. a natural. <laughs> He's just a natural. And um, yeah, the dogs in his mom's house. <laughs> oh my god, you could almost you could almost put it on cruise control and just be like, you know, autopilot, let's go. Like it was he just is uh you're right. I think we caught him in a interesting time interesting environment and it was a conversation i've never heard uh yeah from him like in that way so um definitely check that out we also have uh two really <laughs> great blog posts both uh jordan and mikhail have done some um a really cool podcast you guys want to talk a little bit about uh, a headline of what you did yeah sure so mine is essentially just an outlook of uh some overlooked tools in illustrator uh that i stumbled over basically through quarantine when I started to relearn <laughs> the ins and out of Illustrator because uh, I have more time now. <laughs> and, and there was like, there's just some tools that I, I just was flabbergasted. I'd never dug into or, or uh, utilized. And so it's just a compiled list uh, and we can link it in the show notes for you guys. It, it's live right now. Um, but yeah, man, it's changed my process like considerably. These, these simple tools <laughs> are just sitting there. That's awesome. Mikkel? Mine's due mid-month. It's still in the works. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm, not, right. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not prepared to talk about that just yet. She's like, I don't want to give it away, actually. is that That's the spin. Yeah. And or I'm still in the process of brainstorming. Well, by yeah. the time this comes out, listeners will, you can go check, I guess, right now and see what this magic is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But we were, we had a blast with it. I, I'm glad they turned this thing around. We're obviously in a weird zone where networking and 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 conferences are are being are being hurt so bad. So whatever we can do, I know they have a lot of cool stuff up their sleeves to help encourage you as a watcher and a participant to meet with others and find ways to connect. So great things will be happening with that. Definitely take a listen to that. We have so much good stuff coming on with that. So uh, special thanks again to Adobe for being a part of that. Um, some other stuff I would say too is we can, we've been trying to do some really good community based stuff and we were trying discord and it was kind of a little bit of, uh, I couldn't, we couldn't understand exactly the best way to do it. <laughs> so now when you click on the subscribe button in, on our podcast it, or our website, community? it will take you to our uh, community. It will yep. take us, take you to Facebook and we've made a great Facebook page there. We figured you're already probably signed on there. You don't have to sign up to anything new. Um, we're going to do our best to keep that as a great spot for any links and things that are, you know, you can't get on the show notes based on where you're listening to the podcast. So check us out there. Definitely follow us because during, uh, Max will probably be on there a lot too. Obviously subscribe wherever you're listening to us. Give us a five star to let us know how we're doing with all this new stuff. It's a great time to tell uh, some other design friends about our show. If there's something you've liked, we'd love you to share it and help us out. So let's get on with our topic. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> so we're, we were wanting to talk about this idea of managing the design changes and the revisions. And, and I think it's an ever changing, ever growing kind of thing that we all can do. Um, We've all been there. It's part of our process. I thought it'd be funny to talk a little bit about like things that we've done or nightmare situations in the past where the changes and the revisions went just got out of control and maybe why they did. Like I think even more importantly, uh, before we get into how you can help stop that and manage it, what were some of the mistakes that we did, you know, back in the day that got these things into like complete nightmares, you know? Anybody, yeah. anybody anything come to mind? Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean... I can go back in three years of design. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say it it happens, thankfully, less than it had before in the beginning of the career. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and I think it's like it's one of those things because I I guess I I like it's like it's it's scope creep. Right. And Mm -hmm. we can put this through the filter of like revisions and all these things that they kind of really trigger with. But ultimately, like they happen still. And I think they probably happen at the same rate as when I started. But the difference is like. I'm just more aware of them and how to handle them now. Whereas when I was younger, it was just like, sure, yeah, another revision, no mm-hmm. problem, really quick, no problem. Like, and it took me figuring out, like, I'm doing this on every project and then actually trying to calculate how much wasted time I'm working for free. And it was like half my work is free. Wow. Just for all these like little tasks. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, that conversation as a young designer, like, how do you handle it or like, how do you address it, you know, is so daunting. So Mm -hmm. I I think it is one of those things where, you know, it's challenging, but you get more comfortable handling it. And also you get to start like to see red flags. You set up your contracts in certain ways. We can go through all of the ways like we protect ourselves at this point. But yeah, I think starting off, man, it was just like those quick things, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I could look back and say it was just not being prepared, not being organized, not doing agreements, Mm. not 
and, and yet you're still in those zones. I was in two to three cycles of that with a, a, a clients at the same time and wondering why it wasn't uh, streamlined. What was I doing wrong? You know, and I, I think for a t long time too, you just think, You've never set it up for success even at the beginning. So yeah. I'd sit there and go like, what is wrong? Why, why can't they see my way? What, you know, like, and and it, I had to change my entire, um, I guess, direction and, and perspective from this thing because I had a few times where I was doing this and it was like, I had a few that were, they ended in so badly that it was a walk away. It was like a, you, you, you we, we parted ways because no one could understand what was going on. I wasn't, I don't, and I'll be the first to admit, I probably wasn't being that flexible because after a certain point, you kind of go like, what are you, what do you want? Like, right. and then, at, right. And right. then I realized I didn't, I didn't ask that at the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it's a little like parenting. A lot of it stems from you. Oh, that's actually oh, a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. We, You're, it's our job to, to sort of create and manage the project and, and set the expectations. And I think ultimately it just comes from like, yeah. yeah. Comes yeah. from just like not setting those boundaries for, as early right. on, right. and yeah. then just not being super transparent and clear about the project, which again and lacking confidence. So oh my god, they yeah. all mesh together. I know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the triple storm. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you What do you guys do to help understand the client, and even more, sometimes more importantly, the project at hand? Like, what are those things you do up front that maybe help you set a, a better goal? right from the very beginning, you know, top line stuff. Well, do you think like, cause it kind of comes in stages where sometimes at least at this point in my career, like m there's red flags before we even start to get to the project. Even like, like those first couple emails, I'm like, yeah. Cause again, like they, they want a furniture, they want a furniture brochure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, I, I guess my question is like, and I assume you guys are in this boat. Like, can you spot it before the project starts? Right. And right. I think it, it's harder to identify. And that comes with just like more experience as you get on. But at least for me, like I can gauge a lot about a potential client through those first few emails. Uh, you know, if they like already heavily focusing on like how many options or visions or price, mm -hmm. if they're just like not open to the project and more like these like, you know, very specific areas. Yeah. To me, that means like, okay, they're very particular. I have to make sure going forward that I'm going to lay out everything very clear of the project and what we're going to do just because they already seeming like this could end up being a potential like you know, funnel of just scope creep or endless revisions. Yeah. And yeah. so I think it does start with like identifying those first few emails of whether or not they, and, and but you know, it's not, that's not, you know, a hard and fast rule. Oh, and it's so hard for us to, to uh, they're all no, different. No right? two are, are the same. Exactly. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta be a little flexible on that too, but you're right. I think a red flag will pop up, you know, and that could be your first sign, but like, yeah. Raquel, anything specific you do to get, a more solid idea of, I mean, is it, you know, better questionnaire, more upfront stuff? What do you, what do you do to better align? I, um, I definitely add weekly roundup meetings of at least three at the beginning phase with stakeholders, important team members, mm -hmm. um, to, for them to be a part of this too. And, and take advantage of that time frame to ask this what might be deemed silly or s stupid questions that are elementary level yeah um you know i'm brand new i don't know anything about you what's the first thing you pitch me your product 
Let's mm-hmm. schedule a time where you treat me like the customer and I want you to pitch me the product. And I've learned to, Great. in proposals and estimate documentation, to underscore no more than two rounds max. If it exceeds that, we revisit the scope and the estimate bounds altogether. Good. Because, or whatever number it is. Mm-hmm. I just th- threw that out there on the fly. Um, that really protects you and your, your team members. Yeah. I love that you said make them pitch it to you. Like in some ways I, that happens in my process, process, but I, I, I'd ask them straight out, like, here's your chance. Like before we work together, I want to see what your pitch is for this project or this particular thing. Yeah. That's kind of fun. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, that's going to tell you a lot, at least with like, yeah. if it's a brand, like, and they have to discover and, and figure out the whys, like yeah. that's a good place to figure out where they're at and then where you need to kind of come in and like, Okay, so there's this brand is like brand new and like we don't really have a direction. We're gonna have to bump some more time into discovery, likely. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Versus yeah. like someone who's got a really good concept and they're going straight yeah. forward. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But you know, I I think you kind of both touched like the contract is kind of where it all happens. Like it all comes down to the contract. You know, you can again you can find the red flags or you can kind of figure it out beforehand. But ultimately, like. The contract is that written agreement that you and the client are going to both agree upon, and then it's going to lay everything out. So later on, it can be your scope gate, it's your defender. Mm -hmm. And I know you've probably talked about contracts in the past, but maybe it'll be good just to be like how we actually utilize it in relation to like this kind of scope creep, these endless revisions, and how, you know, I've added things to my contract just later on because of scenarios that happened, specifically with scope creep, all these little add-ons. I'm like... I'm always getting asked to do these. I'm going to add them to my contract. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think ultimately, like the first step is just being super clear and transparent and breaking everything down and using very clear, direct language. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then ex- like lay out exactly what you guys are agreeing on. Uh, yeah. And just yeah. break everything down that way. And th- this is a great opportunity to kind of link back to our proposal episode because yes. my proposal and agreement are really fusing together in a way. And I now I'm realizing probably why. It's because just as important as are the contents of your agreement on like, let's say, and we'll get into this, but you know, your, how many revisions, the cost, the timelines, and all of that stuff. What mm-hmm. I feel is more important and what will eliminate the changes better is a more clear version of the path we're on for the brand itself. And what are the objectives? What is the answer? How are we going to do it? All those things we talked about, to me, I think, are the things that are eliminating um, even having to go back and use your agreement as a uh, tool to to stop them, right? Like, hey, yeah. you, you, you're at your limit. We, I don't even want to get to that conversation. I want to nail it because we've done more, like up front, yeah. you know? And so maybe this is uh, something we each do custom-wise as far as how you fuse these things together. Because you're right. The, the, let's face it, the, the signed agreement – Nine times out of ten is the reason uh, someone is in revision hell, right? Because they yeah. didn't do it. Because they did exactly. And we've all been then. I, you know, we'll get into I think those situations where if you find yourself yeah. without that, what to do? Because there are still things you know you can kind of take on. But but I think a good first step is also like understanding that there's no ill will or like the the client isn't. I mean, I'd say nine times out of ten they're not just like a selfish asshole. Yes, you'll find one in the bunch, right? That's just trying to yeah. Like, make more money, get the bang for the buck. But I find the vast majority of time, you know, when scope creep happens, it's not really intentional. It's usually just a result of like an uninformed client. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and so and and also like some clients just don't know what they want uh and so as we progress like through the project like maybe they develop some new ideas they want to explore that's super common i find like oh you know what we've done all this discovery work i know we talked about two revisions or two options but i'd love to have a third with this new idea we're talking about which i don't think that's a bad thing i encourage that because it usually means like i can you know upsell for that kind of stuff true we can get into like the benefits of the scope creep and how you can take advantage of it, right? Where you can make yeah. money. Um, but I think, yeah, the first stage is like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't come at it like the clients being, you know, malicious in any way. I think they're just uninformed. True. True. So Which like, help me get to that place. Like, I like the idea of like you were saying, um, two sometimes sounds too little. Yeah. Three sounds better. And you're right. It means for a little bit more, that's extra time and more money in your pocket in, in, in this, in this, you know, I'm curious, you know, let's yeah. talk specific just revisions and just I'm just Go curious you guys' process. Yeah, let's I, do it. And we've had this conversation where like I try to I like to do like one option, maybe two revisions. Oh, yes. Uh, it's not always the case. I That's my goal. And that's usually what I try to get to. But uh, I know some people that have like just these package deals and that seems to work pretty well, too. Right. Like mm-hmm. your one, two, three option plus three revision deal. And then they base their pricing around that. But. I'm just curious kind of what, how you guys handle that part of the scope. Because when when I started off, like, I just didn't know what was, like, the best number to mm-hmm. add, right? Because, like, yeah, two sounds like maybe two sounds too little or three seems like a good number. But that's a lot of yeah. just, like, totally different options, directions. Yeah. Uh, but, I, and, you know, I'm just I'm Mikhail, curious how you guys do, handle that. What do you, what do, you do? Yeah, I um, require it to be it, renditions of the existing work provided. And if they're not renditions and it feels like a start Ooh. over from point zero. Better then, word. Rendition. Much better word. I love that. Yeah. Because <laughs> options could be so like, hey, these need to be distinctly different. It, if it's Which based yes. off of a it's current kind of design, it's a re- yes. it's a rendition. And it used Love to be from Damn for... Mikhail, that's I'm writing my phone. <laughs> Gold. Oh, that's nice. make, that's oh, making good, it good. to the video reel. <laughs> and it used to be that three was the magic number, right? You have yeah. one conservative direction, one that's edgy, bold, whatever, a little bit far out, and then one that's a little bit in between, right? A marriage yeah. between the two. Like cool. the mild to wild. A mile to wild, and now yeah. um, I, I'll have them decide that mile to wild at round two. I'll do cool. just the two. Smart, distinct. yeah. And that keeps things minimal. They see that you can um, provide um, a, a real distinct um, um, selection at the very be- beginning for round one. And mm-hmm. yeah, and then. Yeah. That way, and oftentimes round two is a little bit more predictable in that sense because mm-hmm. you're going to marry. <laughs> yes, and you and you have some sense of what road they want to be on. So you, you, now you're, you're you've helped. It's helping your design out. Yes, and it's perfect because like the reason why I usually try to stick to one option, which I kind of do that same thing with like an option with like some variety or some alts. Cool. Because you do all that discovery upfront work, like you have the direction. If you do that work up front. You kind of know what it's going to end up being uh, because you figured out the who, the what, the direct, you know, the, the personality, the pillar, yeah. the values. You're putting all that stuff into this ID. You know, usually it's like I, if I go too distinctly different, it just they feel too separated from that core. So mm-hmm. but the rendition yeah. is brilliant because that still gives them options and clients, at least when you're having this up for conversations, like they want to know there's going to be options. Like w- sometimes when I say, hey. We're going to stick with one direction and then we'll do some alts with it. They're like, well, we'd love to see, you know, a few concepts, but 
And this is giving that without having to do like three yeah. distinctly different, yeah. you know, yes. brand directions. Yes. Yeah. Three doesn't feel so magic anymore. I do yeah. really <laughs> love, I do really love abiding to two distinct. Yes. Mm. That's mm-hmm. where I've, I think I've gotten to. I just had this conversation with someone yesterday who goes to the one and does so much upfront, kind of similar mm-hmm. to how, what you were talking about, Jordan. And it's true. Like, I think I, I've gotten, I've narrowed down from what I used to do back when it was like sometimes eight and you're like, who are you? What, what, what were you, what were you thinking? Right? Like <laughs> yeah. it's just the worst. And it meant again, we weren't doing enough of the upfront. Right. Yeah. So now when we know where they want to be, uh, one, two is actually quite doable. I, I think, uh, one thing you brought up, Mikel, that is so important to think about is revisions and renditions. The difference of this idea that mm. if if options are shown and it's back to square one, meaning like nothing, nothing jived, nothing went right, that's probably one red flag number one. Like if you haven't had one already. Totally agree. Maybe yes. this isn't going the right and it could be yeah. a, 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 a deal breaker. But – I've had, but make sure, and I think there's a line in my contract that says something about that, that it has to be based off of the options we showed with, with a rendition or a tweak rather than the square one. So finding a way in your own language to talk about that, because I think a lot of young designers that dabble in freelance will go in very unstable and unconfident just because of their level. It's not their fault, but they, uh, the, the client will say like, eh, no, I don't think we're here yet. Uh, go back, uh, try it again. Like, no, no, yeah. no, no. Well, and if you're dealing with a new client, especially, right? Like it feels like you have to be more transparent or educational at that point where mm-hmm. you're breaking things down or like, this is what we consider revision or rendition. Like you have to really define that with them, I find. Yeah. And so when the terms are crystal clear from the start, I just think it significantly reduces any chance of that scope creep down the road. And yeah. And ultimately, like ninety percent of yeah. that creep always happens with like these like small, you know, revisions or Startups. hey, can you just change that? For yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. oh especially st- yes, like the smaller client, they just need. Again, it's not. I don't expect them to know the process. They're coming to me. They're coming to no, us to figure absolutely. that out. You know? it, it, there's a lot of education that happens. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but man, like young designer me, it's like that was always a sense of anxiety and a headache. It's just like, man, I'm not. Me too. I, and my frustrations just came from like. I'm not making money. Like my value is being underappreciated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was my fault for not setting that expectations or like, here's how the process works. Isn't it true? This is all comes in hindsight though. When you're in, in that yeah. moment. Yeah. You don't, yeah. you don't know until you know, it's, you, you got to get you know. stung. You got to get stung before you know how <laughs> you to do. like, you how do. to make a swift change, you know? That's um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> re- and, and unfortunately, like, and I've seen that happen in a lot of designers and it's like, well, now you care because it hurt, you know? And, mm-hmm. and again, all this advice is just really to help you kind of hopefully not get there in the first place, but it's going to happen. You know, we, it's still it's new things happen to us on a daily basis that make you shift and change and, and reflect, oh, yeah. you know, um, wh- when you guys do the bit, let's say it's now additional stuff or how you're wording it correctly in this agreement. I know when yeah. I say, um, in particular, like a logo design, once that comp is given and it, and I'm hoping it, it really connects in it and it's everything there, the tweaks and changes and reditions are probably a great way to say it. And then I will, I will put that in there as almost like rounds rather than revisions. Cause it's like all to come up with the most final and approved and sign off 
logo. Like, oh, I think sometimes interesting. Because I always use those two terms together: revision rounds. Good. Um, but you don't. You think there's a distinction between the two? Yeah, I think like a revision means I didn't get it right, mm. and I've got. And I, I think this is this is coming up in like in this education part that we want to talk about about like educating the client right. But a revision, you got to ask. What we think about what a revision is and what a client thinks a revision is. Yes, so, that's a good point because to me, right. I don't see it as I see it as I see it as updates or tweaks and adju- final adjustments. They might see it as this didn't work. Like you, you know what I mean? And it, and it goes back to that overhaul or back to square one thing. We never want to. That's not the case. And if it ever has to, you're, again, your contract has to say, well, then you pay me for the work that was done and we restart this program all over again or we part ways. Yeah. Right? You can't have both. And and that's like going even back to the contract where you start to break stuff down. Because again, it's all in that breakdown where you go through it with them and what you're mm-hmm. laying out, everything that's going to happen. And so yeah. anything beyond that, it's easy to go back to the contract. Like, hey, you know, we're getting outside the scope that we agreed upon. We'll figure it out. But, you know, moving on, from that, like, and since I've started just adding those like little extras that I continuously get asked that ended up being like, hey, this is another t- hour or two of my work. It seems like a small ask, but it's frequent. Mm-hmm. And so like beyond the basics, I just find like a lot of the scope group can come from those like little nuanced particulars. And yeah. so I have a section now of just like, you know, uh, your sort of add on uh, asks or charges or whatever, you, you know, Good you idea. put them in. Um just like this, an addendum of, of these extras, right? Mm. And I think by outlining those smaller tasks in this proposal, I think one, it's, it's it not only gives you opportunity to like upsell, but also it helps set expectations with the client. So when they see those things broken down, they immediately will understand like, oh, okay, so any extra work, obviously we're going to have to revisit and, and look for yeah. Even if they don't need them, they're just seeing like those extra details. For me, it was like, I always get like, you know, okay, can you crop this out for like a social media for Insta story, Instagram, Facebook? Like, okay, that's six crops that all require rearranging for like whatever some illustration I did. Mm-hmm. That's not part of the agreement we had. Yeah. You know, it, it seems easy. Can you just, you know, crop those out? But that's like an yeah. hour of work sometimes. So yeah, I have that now. And like social media management or like various crops, these are add ons they can bring into. So when they ask, we're like, yeah, we can revisit the contract. No problem. Uh, I find that super helpful. And at least for me, where a lot of those, like just like the small yeah. asks that maybe aren't always revisions or, you know, options come from. I can see how that advice would change mine, where my last bullet point in changes might say, and any additional stuff is obviously subject to a whole other, you know, other additional fees. What yeah. you kind of, it sounds like what you've done is you made that a new header, like a new section saying add ons. Yeah. Just because I, there are things that I get, it's pretty frequent that I get asked to do that aren't in, you know, the, that aren't in the agreement. I just want to make sure we're setting those. Again, expectations at the start that everything is agreed upon beforehand. Before yep. we start, we're covering everything. And then if, you know, should the needs arise for uh, some sort of little ask, then yeah, not a problem. We can definitely, and I encourage, I want, you know, I'd love the upsell. It's great. It doesn't yeah. make me frustrated anymore scope creep is like i capitalize on that it's it's really helpful yeah if here's a question so let's say a a listener or a younger designer is testing the waters on this right and they're they're putting all this together and whatever what other what other advice would you give them on you've done it in the in the actual thing how do you communicate it better now if you've never done it before to the client live like what you know 
walking them through this? Do you take the time to get on the phone with them and do that? You know, what other, how, how do you make them confident in doing this? Cause I think that's the biggest, the biggest hurdle. Not to cheapen the circumstance, but you know what I, um, a good analogy of this to me is if any, if any time I'm on the plane or at a, at a restaurant or sitting at a bar and somebody is transparent up front and says, this is my second day, um, bear with me. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just learning the ropes and thank you so much for your patience. And what I think, what, what I would suggest, blah, blah, blah. I cannot, I don't, I, I, I can't appreciate that more. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And I don't think that there's any issue. It's wonderful what, what you, what comes from transparency. True. Especially when it starts with you. So you will find that you, that's greatly respected. And sometimes it initiates that collaboration rather than you pointing your finger and saying, here's what I think we should do. It. It helps that team. It helps that teamwork kick into gear, and together you and that point of contact for the client start to really work work together as. Yeah, team. that's a great way to put it. I yeah. think because right, everyone's gonna. You don't do this automatically. This happens new, and and it's something you're adding to maybe your process. So don't feel don't feel like it's. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I, I think don't feel like it's too pushy or too, too overwhelming there. They've probably already gone through this before with another vendor in some way. Right. Yeah. And so, perhaps so. Yes. So that's a good it, so point. The way you introduce it is it's all for the, I think it too, if you add to that, it's all for the better of the project and yeah. our working relationship. Well, and it's good business. Like I, I think it clients, is good business. It's honest, good business. Yeah. And businesses, you know, I think have a found respect for other businesses that treat themselves like a business. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think taking the emotions out, like if you're making business decisions, there's respect on both sides. You know, I guess our job is tougher and it took me a long time to figure out like, you know, where do you, how do you, we're different because we're building a, like a relationship where it's less of a commodity and more like, Hey, we're learning about you as a person, as a business, like your hopes and dreams. And we're translating these ideals visually oftentimes so like there's that level of like man we're building this relationship and it's it's really set on like trust yeah and i think trust really comes when like you just are you set expectations and you're super clear and yeah you know it's okay i have i oftentimes hear um from the client whether it's through during the project or following completion that that's why they prefer to opt for independent practices as opposed to firms is to have that true nature of a trust trustworthy relationship that's established and or and and perhaps a friendship along the way it's interesting what can kind of stem from these projects right mm-hmm. um you find yourself on the phone a little bit longer you find yourself getting to know family members that mm-hmm. you wouldn't have expected yeah. at the time you sent the proposal <laughs> it's really sweet it's really mm-hmm. sweet i think that there's an upper hand to that um yeah. And that become they could be a referral client at that point because now and they you can just be, yes yes yeah. yes and that hap- word of mouth travels so quickly once there's that special relationship anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's actually not a standard. big point, right? Like that's not standard with a firm or an agency. Yeah, yeah, but like because ultimately, like, look, when all is said and done, and even if you have to have those hard conversations, like it's still important to keep the client happy. Um, in the long run, because for me, my most of my work comes from referrals at this point, which is mm-hmm. which is kind of where you want to get because it's just thing. like That's yeah, because it's just like passive, you know, clients. Uh, and mm. then 
I well, I guess most of my work is from retaining work, which is I think like that's job security. I love that, but that just comes from like finding the great clients and then sticking with them. But uh, you built, but your reputation yeah. with them has been broadened and strengthened because of these tools, right? So like, yeah. I always tell someone who's a little afraid to maybe push this and hasn't done it before is you, this is the building blocks of your reputation. This is what you become known for I love that. down I love the road. That. And if that means more targeted, more upfront for a better result, that's making the process 10 times better and easier for that, that particular client. Again, what are they going to do after that? They're going to refer you. They're going to sing your praises. They will write a testimonial for you. Yes. Right. Yeah. So you're, you're building that. And you, to be honest with you, you have more to lose if you don't do this. <laughs> well, that's like, right. I think there's a lot of it. Yeah. If, 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 yeah. if you're sort of in the position of continuously stuck in scope creep or, you know, mm-hmm. it's a pattern, it's not the clients, it's kind of your process. <laughs> and so you, and everyone figures it out. Like, but for sure, I'd like to bring up a topic where, and this is kind of where I found myself a lot. And I think a mm-hmm. lot of listeners are probably at this position where, okay, so you're in the middle of this project. What do you do if you find yourself in that position where it's just like this client or, and you know, it's a pattern of clients and they keep asking for these like specific changes or like the, you're in the scope pre tunnel, you know, yeah. how do you address it when you don't have that specific language like in your contract? Or maybe so let's say it's gone up. off the rails, right? This is yeah, that. And you can't just go back to the contract. Cause that's, <laughs> that's what I do at this point, right? We're all like, Hey, let's go back yeah. to the contract and talk about the agreement. But yeah, man, if you didn't put that in there, what do you do? And cause there's, I think there's, there's still ways to address it, right? I think maybe the first one might be like evaluate the ask. Like, what are they asking first, right? Yes. If, if they're asking something that might be just a quick fix or like it won't sap your time to complete, mm-hmm. you know, or are they asking for like a full another revision or local option? Like, I think first is figuring out what works, yeah. works for you and if it's something mm-hmm. you're willing to put yeah. the extra time in. Um, but I'd say it's a rocky road or just be careful if you like you find yourself again in that place more where you are doing these quick fixes because they start to add up and it, it might not True. be one client for me. I was like, I'm doing this across the board. I'm losing a day a week on not making any money for my time. Yeah. Uh, and so I think figuring out what that ask is and ultimately I think we'll do it right. Like if they're asking, hey, can you just like you know, change this uh, uh, color to this palette really quick. Like, fine. Okay. That, that'll that take me 10 minutes. But mm-hmm. then I think it's important to like, let them know that this is a, a charge uh, or something that would have been in the contract. Mm-hmm. Something like, you know, hey, I don't mind knocking this out for you right now real quick. No problem. Uh, but, you know, just let you know, this is usually something we charge for. And so if you want to talk about yeah what that might be like, you know, mm-hmm. we can add it to the contract. So like yeah. letting them know you're going to do it for them for free, you're making the extra step, right? And then also yes. informing them these are, you know, typically that's a good uh, balance because yeah. it it shows that you're you're compromising in some way and you're saying that's not a problem. Like that's great. We can do that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and and ensuring that you you're not bending over and in the very beginning doing a solid that could set expectation for later. Mm-hmm. I've always been so overcognizant about how quickly I might deliver the first round of deliverable. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's there's a good happy medium, or if I delivered it pretty quickly, yeah. then you might f yourself later because there's that expectation ongoing. Good point. Um, that you'll turn it over 
quickly. So I try to run a happy medium there, which is not yeah. easy. It's easier to talk yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And having even like, man, having that conversation, you know, when I, especially when I started with just like, am I being passive aggressive when I say they ask me for something? I'm like, you know, usually this content is additional service, but we can do it for you now. Like, does it sound mean? But ultimately it really, I don't think it does. And I think nine times out of 10, they're yeah. like, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, Seldom yeah, do you yeah. have a client be like, this is fucking bullshit. Like, it doesn't happen. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> They're usually like, oh, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. Like, I'd love to get, go forward with this. But mm-hmm. so I think like, evaluating that ask is, is always, you know, step one. If you don't have that language, you can still have that uh, conversation. Yeah. And I guess like, yeah. or renegotiate, I guess maybe like. True. Right. Uh, the sort of. That's first stage. If, it, if it's going nowhere. Yeah, I just mean like if it's a task that you're unwilling to do for free, right? Like if it's a big task, then it's then it's time to renegotiate. Yeah, Uh, which is always my white whale as a young designer. Like I just instinctively avoid conflict for the most part. So like the idea of asking for more money for something I love doing, it was just like a nightmare, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But again, it's never as bad as you think it's going to be, and more often than not, the client is like super okay with it. Or if they're not, like they're they come to the realization they don't need what they ask for real quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been able to, I've had a few projects where I had to almost put the changes and the revisions at one point in two columns. One of them was just the, this, the, the, the concern of the, um, of the, of the place. Um, so I had a client where we had to differentiate the changes. One side were just the nitpicky personal almost he was just scared to release the art and wanted to like it's like can we should we move make the 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 organic logo bigger i'm like it's already fine it won't make a difference right Mm -hmm. then the other ones were were actual technical things that had to be changed in either the ingredients or like the nutritional facts so i separated the two and on the first side i said absolutely no i'm i'm laying the law down dude it will not make a difference stop right and he was like Okay, you had to tell me that, and and it worked, right? Mm-hmm. And the other side oh, wow. was like, hey, as these continue to change, we have a number of SKUs. I have fifteen different files. Those changes do. I had to explain to him the timing and how that adds up. So they were fine in saying like additional changes after that. You know, we were in round nine, I think, at a certain yeah. point. But that he had no other choice on those. That was a make or break change because of legal and other stuff. So. You got to you got to weigh the options, you know. Yeah. And I find like those situations where it comes down to having to draw the line are, are pretty rare. And ultimately, like usually uh, if I try to renegotiate, that's usually where I think I can usually try to fix the gotcha. situation. Right. And ultimately, yeah. like if you're having trouble trying to figure out like how to phrase something or like, hey, they're asking for I'll use social media. They're asking for all these social media crops again. Yeah. Uh, I think I find it helpful if you just give them the feedback in a form of a choice, let them choose like, hey. You know, this ask, uh, this additional social media assets is a bit of out, out of our agreement, uh, but I'm more than happy to add it to our contract, you know, for blank amount. And yeah. we can get this in the works right now. Boom, you're giving them a choice or we can stick to like the original agreement. And then you give them a choice. And I think it's like a low pressure way to let them know that your time is valuable and you're still respecting their position by letting them choose. Yes. That, I think, helps a ton. Just that yeah. phrasing of like letting them choose is 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 usually... Uh, uh, a, a nice easy route to yeah. soften that blow. But yeah, you're yeah. right. Sometimes you have to draw the line. Uh, I know. And it's scary and it's tough, but like 
But ultimately, it's a good thing. Like, you don't want to waste your time with that kind of client because it's yeah. taking away time that you could be with a really good project client. Yeah. But, you know, shutting it down and being, I was, we're, we're very friendly. And I was like, dude, no. I was like, yeah. And so the next, he tested the waters again the next time. And he's like, I know you're going to say no, but what do you think about this? And I was like, what do you think my answer is going to be? And so it kind of tamed the, the conversation and the, he finally, he had the trust now. And I was like, it won't make or break this 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 product yeah. in this thing and you we got to get these done by a certain time so i think again all of these things play into to the fact their timeline your agreement yeah your conversations your communication over communicate do all these things up front i think for sure that helps lessen the the, the chances of this ever happening for yeah. you well and you don't have a business until you treat it like a business and those conversations they're mm-hmm. not based on emotion or desire it's like it's or you know want to be liked it's just good business exactly I think you can't really argue with that i think ultimately if there's any piece of advice like the success of a freelance or you as a freelancer solely depends on you uh and so if something's not working change your process yeah i think nine out of ten times everyone will be okay with it it's not as scary as it seems. Most clients are very reasonable people and they just yeah. don't know the process. Yeah. So scope creep can only really happen if you don't recognize when it's happening and you don't yep. address it. If you don't, then it, yeah, it's going to happen. Uh, and if you don't protect your time and your business, like who will, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so like, those are those hard lessons where, you know, if you address it, you can treat the symptoms. It's always going to be there. You can't cure scope creep, but you can definitely treat it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's I there's that. the tagline of the episode i love it yeah <laughs> that is gonna be the um call out quote yep. of my upcoming adobe max oh <laughs> you just yeah hell yeah <laughs> done deal <laughs> killed two birds I with one stone love i love it that's way better than rendition <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's hope this uh helped you guys out a little bit more on that definitely Feel free to add any content, any questions to the social media stuff that we'll be putting out on this episode as well. Um, hope it helps in the long run. All right, guys. So we have our second round of shout outs. This is where we get to talk about something really cool happening. And Cass, it doesn't even have to be about design. It could be just something inspiring us all. Uh, Jordan, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, my shout out this week is uh, I. It's a man named Stephen Geralt. Man, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> it's outside the realm of design. Uh, but I can't really imagine anyone finding or not finding a spark of inspiration by what he's doing. Again, his name's Steve Geralt. S T E V E G I R A L T. Uh, I would recommend everyone just going to his Instagram right now. Uh, he calls himself a visual engineer uh, and he creates these like unreal, these absolutely incredible videos using all sorts of like robotic tools and motion mechanics to capture scenes that I don't think have ever been captured outside of like CG 3D, you know, 3D. Wow. Like, and it's all real. You've probably seen some of his clips out there. He's kind of gone viral a few times. Like the one where like it was the s'mores with the Hershey's bar kind of folding in on itself. Like all these cool little tricks. Um, I guess it, it's hard to convey how awesome these videos are, but I think the most captivating aspect is seeing like behind the scenes. So if you go to his Instagram, you can see nice. like these videos he's done and then you can see his setup and how it's like coming together with all these like awesome uh, robots making these like incredible videos. Uh, 
So definitely check him out on Instagram. It's worth any follow. I'm glued to it like every week he comes out with a nice. video. It's so good. Love hearing stuff like that. Mine is tech. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for this crap. <laughs> but I have found the ultimate mouse. This is this. I'm showing it as a visual. But if you guys want to check it out, it's made by Logitech. It's called the MX Master 3, and then they have a whole MX series. They even have one that's an anywhere one that's great for on the go. But, man, I've never invested in anything good when it comes to a mouse. I think I had uh, just a, an old one that was lingering around for a while. And thanks to our buddy Ryan uh, Wheaton, who in a chat I think just said, like, check out the Logitech one. And next thing I know, I'm picking it up at Best Buy, and I have been in love with this thing. It is so programmable. <laughs> <laughs> Super precise. It looks like a sports car. It looks like, like a car design. It's just ridiculous. And it's so cool. And uh, not even a plus. It's not even a sponsor. I just love it. To me, it's one of those things. It's like your chair. It's like your desk. It's like one of those things. It's it's such an extension of you. Um, you know, uh, yeah. get the one you really like or go test out, go test drive a new mouse somewhere. You know, uh, walk around a Best Buy and try it. I'm out. glad you mentioned this because I would, yeah. remember when I was texting you. I had carpal mm-hmm. tunnel. I had a bad case Eggs. of carpal tunnel, and I needed to to just step away from the fancy white yep. polished magic mouse with Apple and get something that raises my it, my hands yeah. together. And it, ha- it has such a, a high it's profile. Ergonomic. It's retrained like how it is, and I can already feel the difference. Um, I wasn't using the magic mouse, but I know what you mean. Yes, um, it's yes. so nice. So, so just. Again, a great upgrade that we can all do. Uh, even you know what keyboard you're using, all those little things. Like I think uh, it's co- always cool to kind of reevaluate where, where you're at with all those things. So, Mikkel, what do you got? All right, so this one's kind of funny, a little bit silly, <laughs> <laughs> and so and and serves Jason, my husband, just to a T. He asked earlier this morning when we were walking to bring Oakley to the bus, can you give me a shout out on your show today? It's, I think that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> it's it's super cute and weak at the same time. So <laughs> everyone out there, it's Jason's big five zero birthday today. Happy birthday, dude. Happy that's birthday. amazing. Yeah, that's so it's great. really great. And a big, a big mixed bag of emotions because his dad has passed and today is his dad's birthday as well. So we are celebrating both individuals for sure. That's always the best way to look at it, right? Yes, absolutely. I love that. Jason doesn't look a a day over like 30. Like he's a good looking 50 year old. I can't believe when he said he's turning 50, I was like, I do forget this. I do forget as well. He's very young at heart. I think that's why this works. But that's so cool. Um, that's when shit just gets started. I could never go back. I mean, I'm right. in my 40s. It just keeps getting better. It just get, and I, actually, great. I loathe people that say I'm so old. I feel so old. Get over <laughs> it. There's nothing yeah. you can do about it. Enjoy it. Enjoy. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's right. so cool. What, what what are the plans for today? You guys doing anything special? Well, this is cool. Since we've been recording, my mom and I have been texting back and forth. She wants to get us um, our favorite Thai takeout for dinner tonight. So she's going to mm. have that delivered. Oh, nice. Which is great. And um, one of his twin um, twin boys is showing up as a surprise later this evening, unexpected. <laughs> and, and we've got our cool. nanny here today. And I asked her to stay a little bit later so I can take him out for a stiff drink. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers from us. Thank you That's so great. much. Thank you. That's sweet. 